Welcome to the Shiny Brightly Show. I'm Howard Brown, author, speaker, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, international peacemaker, and yes, two-time stage four cancer patient survivor and advocate. Each episode will take you from resilience to hope and a whole lot more because Shining Brightly does make the world a better place. Be prepared to be inspired. Hello, it's Howard Brown. It's the Shining Brightly Show. It is shining so brightly because I have the most amazing guest with the most inspirational stories ever, and today is no different. It is amazing. Welcome, Carl and Melissa Bohm. I'm so pleased to be with you, and uh, we're going to chat it up. How are you? Good, Howard. Very good. Excellent. You look comfy on the couch together, all snuggled. I love that. (laughs) So comfy. Beautiful. All right, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to play a game called He Said, She Said. I want to hear about how you guys met. <laughs> well, we were first. Are you going to go first? I'll go first. All right. Well, I worked at a motorcycle dealership and I couldn't see the showroom, but I could hear this voice over my cubicle wall. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went. I popped my head up like a little prairie dog and had to go see who was at the counter speaking to the owner. And I started to just listen in. Um, and then he got the job. And then I couldn't stand him for a very long time. He was cocky. He was arrogant. I could not stand him. And he tried like heck to get me to go out with him. And I said, nope. <laughs> and he said he'd never been turned down in his life. I said, welcome to dating a woman. That's the truth. I had never been turned down. I mean, Wow. So, oh now my you God. Now with the he said. Well, I'm gonna, I, I, oh, no, no, you'll get your chance. You'll get your chance. <laughs> you'll get your chance. Oh my God. So I, I didn't see that comment. All right. But, you know, it got this booming, you know, voice. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. you could, you know, for radio, I mean, it's an amazing voice. All right. So, Carl, you were very, you, you noticed her. There was an attraction, but you got, you got kind of, you know, crash and burn, man. <laughs> no, it was like the weirdest thing. I saw this tall, beautiful vixen stand up and from behind this wall and somehow inside of a building, God parted the clouds and shined this light down like, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And I was, I, I, she knocked my socks off. She had a boyfriend at the time. I heard they were on the rocks a little bit, and I was like, "Here's the time when I swoop in real quick." And you know, not that you know, that makes me sound kind of bad. I would normally never do that, but this woman was like something else to me. So I was like, "Listen, I got this. I got the chance." She heard a boyfriend on the rocks. I was like, "Give me a chance, you know? Let's go on a date this week. I'm taking to dinner." And when I say laughed in my face, I mean, she literally <laughs> laughed into my face like I've never had. and was like, absolutely not. And then a few weeks roll by and then I was like, come on. I said, you give me one chance. You will not regret this. I promise you, I will show you the real me outside of these walls. And lo and behold, we go on our first date. That happened to be with like... <laughs> Six or ten of my girlfriends that I went to high school with, not actual girlfriends, but like very close female friends that I've had for a very long time. And they all loved her and she loved all them. And it was mutual respect and love. And I knew from the first I knew before we went on the date that I loved her. And that sounds crazy, but I already knew. Like I I was like, if I ever get a chance and people used to laugh at me because they would, you know, you know, they left me. But I was like, if I ever got a chance with that woman. I would never squander it. 
And I honestly never have to this day. Here we are 10 years later. <laughs> 10 years later. Amen. Amen. So, I, you know, it's funny because that happened to me. All right. I'm coming off of cancer one, rehabilitating myself. And I see Lisa across the room and I say, I'm going to marry that girl. I told the guy, he's like, what are you talking about? You don't even know her. And you know, 29 years later, right? Known for 31 now. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. When you know, you know. I literally just knew. I mean, I was like out in the world doing my thing, mid to late 20s, like out here just getting it. And uh, sure enough, she knocked me off. She swept me up. I couldn't believe it. I've never, ever, ever had a woman hit me like lightning before. I was just like awestruck. Like, oh, my God, who is this woman? And she, Melissa, a, you, she needed a little more convincing, obviously. So that's all right. <laughs> yeah, he had yeah. to work to show me who he really was. I mean, I work, sound though. so bad when I say I took her from her boyfriend, but this dude, he lived like five states away. They weren't even really dating. It oh. wasn't like I, I was a, I like swept in like an eagle and just took her, you know? <laughs> I love it. All right. So let's, but we're going to change up a little bit. I got to set the tone here because uh, you've been through some tough stuff. So rip and rip, Tater Chip. Rip and rip tater chip. We're going to hit it. We're going to hit it. I love this. You, your energy is just freaking amazing. All right. So I, I, I got to read a couple of this because this is like, this is what got me when we got introduced. Oh, we got a shout out to uh, Shannon uh, Costello because uh, she introduced yeah, us. Yeah, hey, Shannon. We love Shannon. you. We love Shannon. Um, she's a stage uh, two colorectal cancer survivor, mom of boys and, and great person. She's awesome. So big shout out. All right. So here, here's the call. On your 38th birthday, you're a young man. You had uh, what's called a grand mal seizure and your wife rushed you to the hospital. Okay. And they found, uh, it says three peach sized tumors on your brain. I, that was actually a mistake. There was a one three inch peach oh, size. Tumor. Inch. All right. So you had, but still it's a big tumor in your brain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, it, it shifted your center line a quarter inch. Then, then you actually had to have some pre-ops and you, you basically had no short-term memory. And as you said, you lost three years of your life. Wow. And even, uh, you know, you're still dealing, you know, looking at pictures, you don't remember, you got this brain fog. I have it, chemo brain, it's PTSD. And, but there you were, you just blacked out. And thank God she took you in. Um, it's really important. It's, it's important. And so Melissa, I'm going to start with you first. I mean, you found him at work. No, we were at home. I had uh -huh. gotten up to get ready for work. He had fallen asleep in the other room and I came in. It was his birthday. So I, I just left him to sleep that night and I came in to wake him up, wish him happy birthday. Mm -hmm. And I found him just after he had had his seizure. He couldn't talk. He couldn't move. He, all he could do was shake his head yes or no to answer my questions that I was asking him. And he, um, he was just completely out of it. He was posturing. His arm was like this. And so, and I, he, he would be very combative. So I didn't call 911. I got it. I got, got him up, got him ready, got in, got him into the car. He finally came to a little bit. And she was like Google research in hospitals for their star reviews. It's amazing that she thought like that. <laughs> yeah, but you're a big guy. I mean, again, you actually got him to take a few steps and get him into the car. Yep, he, I gave him a few minutes. I sat here and stared at him for a minute. And then I figured if he came to, he probably would be weirded out by that. So I just kept coming as I was getting stuff gathered up to take to go to the hospital. He started to come around a little bit. I got him into my Jeep. 
forgot the mask, ran back in. And by the time I was coming back out within three seconds, he was already getting out of my Jeep and trying to get back into the house. He had no idea what was going on. He didn't know where we were going, even though he had agreed to go to the hospital. And he was trying to get back in the house. He's like, where are we going? And she got me, Howard. She got me. I made him shake on it. I said, we're going to the hospital. This man, even in psychosis, won't back out of a handshake. So I got him to the hospital, and that's how I did. I said, you shook on it, and he agreed. He pushed every button literally in my on my radio on the way there. He was like a six-year-old, just <laughs> completely just ridiculous. And he's like, where are we going? Why? Well, he had no concept of anything that he didn't even remember what happened to him. Yeah, we, we do dumb stuff. My, my blood pressure went like 247 over 150, and... I drove myself to the emergency room. We do dumb stuff. Probably should have called nine one one. But you got you know what? You know what's crazy is that I I fell asleep one day, and I woke up like three years later, and I was like, "What has happened to my life?" He was fine the night before. He he was he was he was some seemingly normal, but like there was literally, a few things. there was a couple of things that led us directly into this though. Okay. So the Sunday before my birthday was on a Wednesday. So the Sunday before my birthday, we had got tickets to go to Chicago, the musical in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, I stood up in the first or second act, right in the middle of the act, turned to my wife, threw money in her face and said, my Uber is here. I'm, I'm bored. I'm, I'm bored. And walked out. Mm-hmm. And I would obviously never, ever leave my wife in Detroit. Ever. Because yeah. that's not something you do. And then I leaned over in front of her desk as I was walking through the office one day and I said, I'm going to squeeze, I'm going to squeeze my brains out. I'm screaming. And the telltale sign was I wore a collared shirt in to my place of business backwards. And the GM, I remember, I remember this kind of like a little bit. I remember that he came over my desk two or three different times and was like, Hey man, are you okay? And I was like, everything's fine. Like, leave me alone. And then the fourth time he came over, I threw my fist down on my desk and I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Carl, are you fucking with me? And he said, you're wearing your collared shirt backwards. So in defiance, I pull my arms out of my shirt and I spin it around. And I realized that he's right. And I snatched my keys off my desk and I walked out of there and was like, I'm going home. But he didn't know how to get home. We live five miles from where we were. And I couldn't get home. He didn't know how to get home. I couldn't get to work or from work. I was driving to Ann Arbor where I used to work for like five years. I was getting like halfway to Ann Arbor and going, oh, my God, I don't work here anymore. And then driving all the way back to Livonia. Like I would leave an hour early for work and be 10 minutes late. Yeah. And it's a Uh... 10 minute drive. So these are some tell signs and things like that. So um, you you enter into the emergency room and they they're all there and they they take you in. What happens next? They started to run some tests on him. They did they did blood work and then they did a CT scan and they came back and said there was a mass where they didn't know what it was. So then they scheduled the MRI and they took him down for the MRI and then they, that's when they came back. She started shaking and baking and told us that. He has a huge tumor in his brain. The center line of his brain was over here. So the tumor was almost to the left side of his brain. Mm. And his mother was there with us. Um, And so we were just trying to process what they were saying. Um, And then they actually sent him to, by ambulance, to a different hospital. One rural of Beaumont. Who could actually do the craniotomy? Because where I took him was just a smaller hospital. So they weren't, they didn't have the technology to do the craniotomy. So they transferred him there. And then that's when the surgery took place. Same day? Uh, no, they actually scheduled it for 
the next day, but then they tried to push it back a day, and my best friend and I went crazy on they actually had to take a day and show her how to move my arms and legs because they expected me to be paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of my life yeah yeah so they showed her how to basically be like my caretaker for an entire for an entire day before they were going back because they expect me to come out and be paralyzed and then and then she comes she like we're talking one minute post stop one minute oh stop they were expecting me to be paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of my life and she said then all these people roaring laughing and shit and she comes in to the room and i was doing wheelies in my wheelchair and she looks at the doctor and goes well he's not paralyzed huh and he's like well i guess not <laughs> like we Thank met God. by a surgeon we met by a surgeon uh dr jacobs who, uh, i don't know if i should name drop or not but we okay. met by a surgeon and he was like he was like like tested my arm strength tested my leg strength and was like looking at my face and like you know like you're really he's like you're you're strong and i'm like yeah i always have been he's like no you're like really strong and i'm like you say it like i shouldn't be he's like we well, don't have any face drooping or anything and i'm like yeah they expected you say facial paralysis it like i should have face paralysis and he's like you should he's like we cut out a big movement portion of your brain you should have weakness in one side of your body or something he goes you're a freaking freak yeah. i'm like i'll take that i'm a little freakish <laughs> yeah 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 that's oh my god so that um that surgery you you stayed in the hospital a little time and then did you have to do any rehab or a couple days no rehab that's amazing walk the halls with a walker and then he didn't need it so he just started picking it up and carrying it and they were laughing at him but but he was a terrible patient because he was in front of the he was in the end of the hallway they had to move him in front of the nurse's station he kept ripping his i'd be like hey you guys see my iv it looks great right he ripped his (laughs) iv out he ripped his catheter out he ripped everything out so they had to move him oh he kept trying to get out of bed I, i had to stand at his bedside oh. for six hours one day because he kept trying to get out of the bed oh you are a the troublemaker catheter. carl you are just a troublemaker man oh the I, catheter was the worst howard i know i've been oh. there buddy i've been there so all right carl this is for you what is your driving force honestly it's my support system now obviously i myself feel like i deserve to live that is my that is i'm fighting for myself above and beyond everything else for my obviously my wife and myself and our lives together that is my driving force but really it's my support system i can't even tell you the people that have come out of the woodwork and just like friends wise like putting on my fundraiser like uh, lauren and katie we love you i can't even like we had her best friend and their husband put on a GoFundMe for me. Like we haven't mm-hmm. done anything to for any of these events or any of these things to happen. And these people have just done this and it's freaking I I it's the most it's the most touching thing in the world. And they, with their support, with everybody's support coming in like this, I'm able to take a little bit of time off work and I can breathe a little bit easy and I can pay for my chemotherapy medication without having to kill myself working 50, 60 hours a week, trying to just make ends meet just to pay for my chemo medication. Right. I, I have to tell you. So one of the things that that you saw is that in your time of need, people came. They came. Yes. For you. They, yeah. uh, it was time to be selfish and they came for you. And you I can tell because uh, you are grateful for that because it, it, it's helped. And it just shows you that there is love in the world. There is. I care can't believe it. Yeah. yeah. I never realized how much I had touched people's lives and inspired people. And then you know, once I started making my videos and, you know, doing so well through radiation, like I'm not joking. 
I was gassing up 80, 90 year old people that were going through radiation. I'm like, let's go, Miss Garcia. <laughs> I'm telling you, it went from being a bad thing. These people were, would tell me, you know, this, you know, like, like uh, Miss Garcia used to bring her, her granddaughter and her granddaughter was like, at her on her last day, she, they gave me a card. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm supposed to give y'all a card. And they were like, she was like, I want to let you know that you have absolutely changed this experience. We went from absolutely being scared and dreading this on our first day to meeting you and looking forward to coming and doing this on a daily basis. And they, sure. she's like, you've been her shining light in all this darkness. Yeah. And my grandma loves you. And I love you. And we here, don't open it till July 7th when you're done with radiation. We were like, oh, my God. Like, we made such good friends in radiation that we, like, still talk to them on almost a daily basis. People, it's it, that you let them in and they, it's, it's, it's amazing. But Carl, you're, you're like a big teddy bear. You're such a cheerleader. You're so high energy and you're still rooting other people on, even though you're going through, you know, the toughest thing that's ever happened to you. So you're, you're, you're um, take us through. So post-operation, what, what's different? Uh, what, what do you have to do different? Anything? Um, I tell you what, post-operation, I got a really good uh, uh, kind of like poem that I read and it says, um, and it goes something like this. I'm 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 paraphrasing. It goes something like this. Um, um, brain tumor. You know, I'm I I hate you because uh, I may never know a day where I don't have to take a pill, and I may never know a day where I don't have a headache. But at the end of the day, tumor, thank you for showing me how resilient I can be and what kind of fighter I truly am. So that's kind of that's kind of how I look at it, you know. I I don't get, I I'll take multivitamins, zinc, magnesium, nootropics. I'll take Tylenol. I'll take every single one of them every single day from here on out. If I get another 20, 30, 40 years on this body, he appreciates life more now and family and time. I call and- myself Crazy Carl two <laughs> I literally am. It's like it's like it's it's like this tumor has been pushed on my brain and it's been killing my sense of self preservation. And I've been a wild child. I mean, it's like, hey, Carl, hop this snowmobile off this 40-foot cliff. I'm like, oh, for sure. No problem. I would just do it. No questions asked. I want to tell you that I, I just got, like, shivers when you read, you know, talk, said that poem. Because that's deep. And it's meaningful. And um, it's intentional. And it's authentic. And I loved it. Um, and I'm going to actually include it uh, in the show notes because it's so strong. And nice. um, it's, it's it really is. And uh, listen. You you are Carl.2.0. I'm Humpty Dumpty.2.0. Um, <laughs> and, and it shows you that we can get back up again, okay, after major life-threatening, you know, stopping in our tracks and putting the pieces back together again. And so where, where are you at today? What, 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 how, how, is, how are you today emotionally, Power. physically, this and all that? This is the weirdest thing in the world. Do you know what it's like to be a cancer patient and feel like a cancer survivor because that's how I feel. I almost feel guilty right now because I feel like I have survivor's guilt, but I'm still going through it. I'll tell you what, let me drop this bomb on you real quick. This is really, really, really good news. And we just got it literally on Wednesday. Okay. My tumor shrinking. Yep. Wow. We killed all the new growth. We killed all the new growth and we 50% shrank the new tumor. My doctor, my oncologist and my doctors told me chemo is not going to kill this. Chemo is not killing it. I think what's making a difference for me 
is cold plunging. Mm-hmm. Yes. I torture my body. I go to the gym. I work out. I torture my body. Then I dip it in 45, 40 to 50 degree water on th- between three and four days a week, three to five days a week for five to seven minutes every time we do, every time we do it. First of all, let's honor that because I always I, I made a little bit of a joke uh, when I got some shrinkage from George Costanza on Seinfeld. Right? <laughs> shrinkage, baby. Shrinkage is good for us. We like shrinkage. He won't let me talk about the shrinkage of both things. You know what well, I mean? <laughs> it does happen. But anyways, like, so, you're going to get banned. So I have to tell you, we each have our own way and things. So I go on the basketball court. I played for two hours this morning. I'm the old guy. You know, and I played great and I got my sweat. I didn't get hurt, but I love it because you found that these cold plunges, okay, are changing you physically and emotionally and you're dedicated to it. You're dedicated to it. And I love that because anything that works and you believe it works, it works. And it works. It works. And I told people in radiation, I told people this, the the power of the mind is, is incredible. I said, I'm telling you right now. Going into radiation is going to be light work. It's not going to affect me at all. Sure enough, me and my wife going to radiation, it was light work and it was nothing at all. I told my wife, chemo is going to be nothing. It's just a couple pills. Boom. Oh, there we go. Go to bed. Bye. See you. Bye. And chemo has been nothing so far. Chemo grew my hair back where I lost it from radiation. I'm talking, <laughs> I didn't get sick. I didn't throw up. I never got physically uh, 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 um, um, uh, fatigued. I was never fatigued. It wasn't like, oh, I can go five steps. I can go 10 steps. It was like, no, I bet you I could do laps around the hospital right now. Then go hit a badass workout. Chest and tricep, back and bicep, grip and rip, tater chip. <laughs> you are the energizer bunny. So He's I want to say that that uh, so that, that icing is, is no joke because we developed in Colon Town, okay, which is a support for patients and caregivers, this icing protocol. And at first it was developed to wear an ice cap to preserve your hair. Because chemo is toxic and you lose your hair. Yeah. And now that's extended to wearing mittens and booties because your extremities um, from toxic chemotherapy um, can actually give you peripheral neuropathy. I have it. And your cold sensitivity, your numbness and burning in the hands and feet um, to various degrees on the toxicity. I believe that your cold plunging is absolutely helping. I, I, I think it's, it's doing just, something. No doubt. No. Oh, it's doing something. It is. It really is. Um, so I appreciate that. Now, so Carl, really, this is one of the first times that you're sharing your story. We're going to go public. We're going to spread this all over the place. Um, what 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 keeps you going, man? You know what? I tell you what. It is. It is the love and support from my family, and and really bringing everybody together, and finally. You know, and finally, and finally appreciating life on just, just differently. I wake up and I feel grateful every morning. Um, You know, it's, I like that I am living proof that no matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad it gets, I got hero shame I dropped on me. I got told I had three to six months to live. And yesterday was my six-month anniversary. I got told I got three to six months to live. And I took it like a savage. I I snickered and I said, that may be what your books say. But that's not what I'm going to show you. I'm telling you, Doc, if you want a dub, I'm the guy to give it to you. And I think that's what really helps me push forward, even in the face 
of adversity, even in, even even when it's times have got to be the absolute worst. I have never. My brother said, "I hope that nothing bad ever happens to me like what's happened to you." And I said, "And I said why?" And he said, "Because the way that you handled it was savage." I'm I'm going to give you three words that I li- literally live my life by. Can't change it. I woke up and I was like, oh my God, what has happened to my life? Where am I at? What what the hell? And I, instead of kicking and screaming and throwing a fit, my brother was like, you got your brain cut out. You had brain cancer. And I honestly, I give myself five minutes. I give myself five minutes. I'll kick and scream and cry and throw a whole on bitch fit. And after five minutes, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, can't change it. Me and Melissa uh, lost a son about seven years ago together. Uh, my dad got ALS about three and a half years ago. Um, our dog just passed our away. Our dog just passed away. <laughs> so, and, did my, so did mine. Oh, and, and we live our life by, by two models. And the two models are the strongest things you can, whether you're at the top of your life and living the best life possible or at the absolute rock bottom of your life, this too shall pass. No matter how bad things get, it doesn't matter how good things are. You're not going to have the best day of your life every single day of your life. And you're not going to have the worst day of your life every single day of your life. It's just not going to happen. So this too shall pass. Enjoy your high of feeling good and enjoy the pain of feeling bad when you're down. And take that into why do you feel bad? Can't change it. Can't change it. Doesn't matter. What, no matter what, I have brain cancer. No matter what. This is the reality of my life from here on out. They say it's incurable. They say I'll have the tumor and the cancer the rest of my natural life. That's what they claim. I'm here to prove them wrong. Period. Yeah, it's 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 you're absolutely right. So we're dealt our cards. I I've gotten a stage four cancer diagnosis at 23, and then again at 53. And um, I'm breathing, and I'm making the most of it, and I'm lifting myself up every day like uh, like you do. And then we go lift up others. And um, yeah. which, where we, I, I, I too look in the mirror every day, and we talked about this before uh, when we we talked uh, prior. Is that I look and I'm saying I am blessed, I am grateful, and I am damn lucky. I know you're damn lucky, and we're going to lift ourselves up so that we can go lift each other up. And I have to tell you, Melissa, as a care partner, you are an angel on this earth. Okay, Thank first you. of all, you saved his life by getting his, getting his ass to the emergency room. There's no question. All right, but also. You actually gave up everything to make sure that he was going to survive. You were yep. by his bedside when he's ripping out catheters and yes, and I was and trying to trying to tame this tiger, which is oh. hard, to, hard to do. But you do it. It was a job it. in itself. <laughs> so I just want to tell you that from you know, you know my wife and my parents are my caregivers. I can see it in you. You are an angel on this earth, and um, he really is. Yeah. So, so again, that's why he's still here, and that's why you are so uh, strong together, and it's really important. So, it's I brought want... us closer together. Oh, um, we are an unstoppable force. Yep. <laughs> I love that. I see the unstoppable T-shirt, and I love it. So it's great. All right. So here's the part of the show. So I put on my sunglasses because the sun is shining brightly on us and on you guys. It's really amazing, and I want people to say. 
How do they get in touch with you? Because they hear this interview and they say, okay, can I donate to your GoFundMe? We'll put the link in the show notes and we'll put it up there. What, what Can you help other people? Which of course you can, all right? I would love to. From, I appreciate that. So tell people how they should get a hold of you. And then I want each of you to give me some final thoughts as we close out the show. Awesome. Uh, y'all can reach out on my on my Facebook. I'm sure Howard, Howard will provide a link. Um, I have a TikTok, but Facebook is pretty much the best way to get a hold of me. Um, you can always write me. You can always, my cell phone's uh, right on my Facebook. You can always call me or text me. I'm ready to talk with anybody at any point in time. Um, I'm very positive and I'm really, I really, really, really truly believe that this whole thing is all about your attitude and all about what you take away from it. If you believe this won't be anything, it won't affect your life, I promise you it won't. And if you believe that this is going to be terrible and you think, woe is me, how could this happen to me? How could this? Then I promise you, you're fixing to have a bad time. You have to aim up. You can't ever put one foot in the grave and dig down. You have to aim up. When the storm comes, the little birds... They look for shelter, but the eagle flies above the clouds, fly above the clouds, have a positive attitude about this. The only thing negative is your attitude. I promise you uh, any other thing can be beat with your mind. This can be beat with your mind. I have stage four brain cancer, and I promise you, you have my word that I will beat this 100%. They say I am 100% terminal. I have a 5% chance of living longer than 15 months and a 1% chance of living longer than 24. They say I won't make my 40th birthday. I can't wait to eat cake with my doctor. That's baby. <laughs> We're going to be eating some cake. Uh, oh, that, I can't uh, wait. Carl, that was strong. You brought it. All right, Melissa, some final thoughts from you, baby. <laughs> I can't compare to what he had to say, but. I should have let you go first. <laughs> That's all right. Um, just the positivity. I mean, he actually keeps me positive and I try to do the same for him, but waking up with him every single day, he lets go, you know, everything is about your mindset. Be positive, be positive for your partner, whoever you're caring for, be positive with them, for them. And they'll do the same back to you, even though they might not be feeling great that day. It's so helpful if you keep each other up. I feel good every day, though. I'm a beast mode. Life work. <laughs> oh, my God. The energy is feeling it. So I want to go. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Come on, coach. All right. So I just want to say I am grateful to have you. Your energy is just I'm feeling it. Um, I'm feeling like we can go conquer a mountain together. And um, I'm just so pleased that we're, we're sharing your story. So for those uh, that want to get in touch with me, shiningbrightly.com. You can come hear me speak, hire me to speak. Come on uh, and uh, check out the podcast. Uh, it's it's actually building up an incredible following, over 20,000 downloads now. It's inspirational, as you heard today live and uh, now on recording. And then also my advocacy and the book, um, mentoring. Um, we're going to get you mentoring too, Carl, through Immigrant Angels. And so remember, when you shine brightly a little bit each day, which we just did for ourselves, for others and our communities, the world does become a better place. Thank you two so we much. So. Huge, huge hug. You guys are the best. I love it. And um, we're going to see you soon. And uh, we're going to meet up because we're Have us back close. on, brother. We'll come on anytime. Yeah, we'll get an update. We'll certainly get an update. Yep. Keep, yeah, when I beat this. Yeah, you're going. <laughs> Keep shining brightly, everyone. Love you all. Love you all. 
Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shining Brightly with me, Howard Brown. Come interact with me at shiningbrightly.com. And remember, keep on shining.